Hi, everybody, and welcome to 20Q Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about the crystal crisis. So, crystal meth. First, I'm no angel, nor am I a prude or a scold. This is something altogether different and lurks beneath the surface of many aspects of culture and sits smack dab in the middle of a lot more aspects of culture. Until it hits people where they live, it never registers on their minds. Family, friends, and acquaintances start to lose their grip when it becomes apparent that they or someone close to them is a thrall to this chemical concoction, and the effects alter the course or trajectory of many people's lives. The flirtation, experimentation, seduction, addiction, and succumbing to the insidiousness of this plague is frightening. The worldwide plague. Crystal meth. I did meth once in 1970, a while ago. It was given to me in exchange for some hashish, and I had never used it before. One bump, and I was filled with anxiety, confusion, disorientation, and regret. So, just like attending Catholic high school, once is more than enough forever. As I previously stated, it is insidious. Oxycontin, cocaine, meth, heroin, and other substances all ruin lives, whether they are amphetamines or opiates or whatever. The euphoria, the increase of desire, enhanced sexual pleasure, the release of inhibitions, the lack of awareness of surroundings, the lack of comprehension of consequences, the vastly decreased immune responses, make me wonder why progressive, professional, forward-thinking adults who have secured gainful employment, let alone layabouts or those facing an unpleasant day-to-day -day existence, use this on a recreational basis and think nothing of it, while the telltale signs of addiction and degradation surround them, as if they are unavoidable facts of life. This is not solely the domain of various subsets of subculture, Hillbillies, antisocial types, gay men, etc. No. And what gives me pause, especially, are those leading double lives while using this. It's hard enough to keep your life straight while you are fully aware and conscious of your duplicitous actions, so this must be exponentially more difficult to cope with once you return to the pretense of your usual experience. And coming down, or the after effects of usage in one's now scattershot psyche, and I am continually shocked at the matter-of-fact recreational use of this drug on a worldwide basis. If I ever talk about drugs, people yell out some sort of whoop, either because I suspect they are using them while I speak or are trying to get some. Getting some is not too hard these days. I smell weed every time I step out onto the street, and I like to joke that I get a contact high on every block 24-7 these days. Truck drivers getting stoned while parked in Midtown during the workday do not inspire confidence in traffic safety. Office workers might now feel like getting drunk at lunch isn't so bad in comparison to their boss coming back reeking of green. And that is all very tame by comparison to the effects of crystal meth. And I speak as a layman or a bystander. 
Meth is something I am blissfully unaware of for the most part. I don't recognize any of the body language of users or any secret gestures or codes. I just know that whenever I bring the subject of crystal meth up, one of three things usually happens. One, someone says something about breaking bad. Two, someone uses one of the myriad euphemisms for meth. Tina, Tina Tuna, Tina Turner, ice, crystal, meth. You can sit there for quite some time while listening to them. And three, someone volunteers how long they have been clean. I am three months clean, six months clean, nine months clean, etc. And I really don't know the social amenities and responses towards those who are on the wagon other than to commend them for taking action to help themselves. I usually say something like, well, that's very forthright of you to volunteer that information and I thank you and I'm proud of you. I like to think I would say, but it's not anything that happens with much regularity in my life. However, many gay people use this routinely, and again, I am so oblivious that it is hard for me to reconcile adults who can hold a pleasant conversation, groom and dress themselves, and have secured gainful employment, and who are also accustomed to a somewhat comfortable, high-maintenance lifestyle, use this garbage. You do know that you are really, really, really rolling the dice here, yes? How one turns a blind eye to the very obvious problems concomitant with its use is hard to accept. Crystal meth is one of the more unspoken aspects of the AIDS crisis worldwide. It is used globally. It causes meth mouth. It is part of what is known as chemsex culture. It is also referred to as PNP or party and play. With respect to HIV-AIDS, crystal meth is often identified as a factor in infection. HIV-positive people are prone to respiratory illnesses, STIs other than HIV, and quite often suffer from severely reduced immune responses as a result of crystal meth usage. The combination of a variety of factors, including unsafe practices and meth use, can and frequently does have devastating effects. It is corrosive, both of body and mind. I have no use for it and hold those who condone its usage in disdain. I now step off my soapbox for this episode. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out.